The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word, and my life will never be the same, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And so two weeks, three weeks ago, we started a series talking about every prayer answered. Amen. And we said this is God's will for us when we pray. It is to answer every single one of our prayers. Amen. And uh, we've been on this journey. We laid uh, the foundation uh, that prayer uh, is really fellowship with our Heavenly Father. Amen. Prayer is meant to establish uh, our relationship with God or to sustain our relationship with God uh, in, a, in a way that, you know, gives us that opportunity to receive uh, from God. So the foundation of prayer is fellowship. Adam prayed, uh, though he lived in a perfect environment, yet he prayed. He, he fellowshiped with God. The Bible says in the Garden of Eden, every noonday. Amen. Though there was no needs for him to pray, uh, to ask, right? But he prayed because prayer, the foundation, it really is fellowship. And so we discovered that and uh, we started uh, uh, venturing into what I like to call the different kinds of prayer. And the reason is because the Bible also tells us in Ephesians 6 verse 18 to pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. And so we see in reading uh, Ephesians chapter number six, verse 18, that there are different kinds of prayer. And so when our God is a God of variety. And so he has given us all these different kinds of prayer that we don't approach him in one way that we can get to approach him in all these different uh, ways. And we've been learning about, about this. And uh, uh, in the first kind of prayer that we learned was the prayer of petition. And now you can function in it, you know, really effectively. Praying the wrong way will not only frustrate you and frustrate the results that you're trying to get, it will ultimately drive you into a prayer, into a place of prayerlessness, right? And so you need to actually learn what the Bible uh, prescribes if you're going to do it right. And so we looked at the prayer of petition. If you are not here, you can go back, uh, get on the website and, and go and check it out. Last week, we talked about uh, meditation as a form of prayer. And, uh, you know, we talked about how you can practically uh, use the Word of God in meditation. Amen? And today, we are going into uh, the next, you know, uh, type, kind of prayer. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, what I call the prayer of intercession. Again, we are talking about the prayer, the kinds of prayer that I could see in Scripture, the ones I put in my book, you know, every prayer answered. This is not all there is to it. You may discover some more, praise the Lord. I'm just sharing what the Lord has uh, revealed to me. So we are talking about, this morning, the prayer of intercession. Someone say intercession. intercession. We're praying about, we're talking about the prayer of intercession, and we're going to be looking at it uh, as outlined in Scripture. And before we come into it, I just want to correct something, you know, and I do it often. And, and, and I, I really, when I do it, I don't realize I'm actually conveying a message. And so I want to correct it before we uh, get into, you know, what I really want to talk about today. And usually when I'm teaching, I say, uh, you know, when we started this, I said this, I said, you know, uh, we have to look into the spiritual world. And I would usually do this with my hand, right? And, but, but when I do this with my hand, uh, I'm not talking about a location. I'm talking about priority. I'm talking about the parent force. But sometimes it can come across as a location. And, and traditionally, this is why the church, if you ask this question, let me ask this question. I'm going to ask you to look around. Just from uh, where you are, just point towards the heavenlies. Just, just point towards the heavenlies. Right? Right? Did you see what everybody did? They said that's the heavenlies, right? 
and, 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 uh, and it's, it's, it's not correct. You know why? Because the heavenlies is not some location up there. The heavenlies is right, you know, after your nose, right? It's right here. This is the heavenlies. I just touched the heavenlies right there. The spiritual world, you know, when we say the spiritual world, you know, people, I'm doing this again, but I'm not doing this because the location is there. I'm doing this because there is a priority. This is the parent force that gave birth. So when I say mom and dad, right, I'm not saying mom and dad are up. I'm just saying in order of... Uh, hierarchy, right? Mom and dad are the top dogs, right? That's what I'm saying. They're not dogs, but you know, I'm... <laughs> In order of preference, right? <laughs> Man, people get on you for all kinds of stuff. But here's, here's, what, here's the reason I bring it up is because when we say God answers your prayers in spiritual format and it has to go through the channel of your heart to come into manifestation, people think their heart has to receive something from the heavenlies. So it becomes an impossible dream to see their answers, their prayers answered. Your, your, your answered prayers are right here. They're right here. Amen. All over you. All they are waiting for, they're right here. Right on your clothes, answered prayers. The things you've prayed are right here. God has answered them, and they're right here. Just like if I do this, I've touched uh, SABC uh, waves. If I do this, I've touched DSTV waves. If I do this, I've touched uh, FM, frequency modulation, metro. I did this. I've touched uh, Kaya FM. Just because you don't see it does not mean it does not exist. Uh, if I have a proper apparatus or if I have a proper gadget, I can actually connect to that wave or that frequency and make something out of it. Similarly, your answered prayers are right here. And if your heart is positioned right, you can connect. That's your apparatus. You can connect with those answered prayers and bring them into manifestation. Amen? So I had to correct that because traditionally we think my pr answered prayers are stocked up somewhere far. No, they're right here. Your next big job is right here. Your promotion is rubbing you right now. Just waiting for you to connect with it so that it can come into manifestation. Can I get an amen? I just had to fix that so that when we read these scriptures, you will understand exactly what I mean when I use words like heavenlies. When I say spiritual realm, why we do not look at things that are, are seen, we look at things that are not seen. You think things that are not seen, yeah. No, it's right here. Things that are not seen are right here in front of you. We don't look at things that are seen. We look at things that are not seen. Why? Because the things that are seen are temporary. The things that are not seen are eternal. And these things are right here. Angels are everywhere right here today, right now. Everywhere. You brought them. Amen? Amen. Why? Because they are ministering agents for those who are the heirs of salvation. You brought them. Amen? I said amen. And so when we read these things... Carry that mindset with you everywhere we're going to go with this. I don't want you to miss out on your answered prayers. Daniel chapter number 10. Daniel chapter number 10, and I'm going to read uh, verse 12. And this is what it says. It says, then said he unto me, this is talking about when Daniel had prayed and uh, you didn't see his answered prayer in manifestation. And so this is going to answer the question, what do you do when your prayers seem unanswered? What do you do when your prayers have not been manifested? Daniel did this. He, he went on a 21-day fast, not to get his prayers answered, but to get to understand, make his heart sensitive so that he can perceive what is going on spiritually. Amen. That's what fasting is for. Fasting does not move God. It moves your heart in a position to receive these frequencies and to understand what's really going on in the spiritual realm. Amen. And so it says here, when the angel showed up, finally, 21 days later, with manifestation, he said unto Daniel, he said unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day, from the what? The first day. From the what? He didn't say on tw day 21 when the prayer manifested. He says from the first day when you set your heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard when? On the first day. Your, your prayer was answered on the first day. And I am come, how long? 21 days, for thy words. 
He says in verse 13, he tells him what the delay was between the day Daniel prayed and manifestation. He says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty-one days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now, what we learn from this is what you do between the day that you ask and the day of manifestation is as equally important as what you did in the day of asking. And this is what the word intercession means. It simply means what you do between the spiritual format, answered prayer, and the day that you see it come to manifestation. This is why in other circles, the word intercession is defined as standing in the gap. That's all it is. It's standing in the gap. You become the channel between the spiritual world and the manifestation in the natural world. That's all it is. Intercession is simply this, standing in the gap. And so if you are to break it down a little bit more, it is, it is uh, 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 praying for someone else or standing in the gap for somebody else, being their, their transformer, if you will, and channeling those answered prayers uh, into their lives, into manifestation. Amen. I said amen. amen. And so before we get into how to do it practically, we want to look at uh, what intercession, New Testament intercession is not. We're going to kill uh, a few sacred cows uh, before we show you exactly what it is. In other words, we want to get rid of the, the, the junk that you may be. really, I want to invite you to forget everything you've been taught about intercession. And let's look into scripture and find out what the Bible has to say. Can I get an amen? amen? And so the first thing we do not see any scriptural uh, precedence for in the New Testament is this. There is no scriptural precedence for a person titled an intercessor. But we are all encouraged to pray one for another. Do you hear what I said? So there is not a, a special group of people called intercessors. That when the intercessors show up. <laughs> and so there's no need for a church to set up some department called the intercession, intercession department. Every saint should be praying for every saint. And I get into trouble. See, I'm radical. Your pastor is a little different. I'm radical. I, you know, I just, I'm wild. When I get into the other circles with my other pastor friends, they say, this one is wild, uncouth. That's what they say. Because I just, you know, I like to go with the Bible. I'm a stickler for the word. I like to just go with the Bible. And so sometimes, every now and again, we get people come out, uh, join the church, come to our new members' classes. But I, I saw everything you presented, but I didn't see the intercession department. <laughs> <laughs> and we say, man, don't worry about it. Just come and do what we do here. And uh, soon enough, you're going to be a height like all of us. You're going to figure out some stuff. As we, I mean, I'm not saying we have it all figured out, but I'm just saying, man, we, we have a different kind of way of doing things. And when you get with us, man, it, it gets to be fun. And so everybody is an intercessor, everybody. And I, I'm strong on this because this can be used as a manipulation tool in the body of Christ. I had one guy call me uh, seven, eight years ago. He's a minister in the, in the body of Christ, called me, and he said, you know, uh, Tafara, I'm just calling you to let you know that, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I had a dream about you. So I said, praise the Lord. What was the dream? He said, the dream, at the, in the dream I saw I was at your funeral. That's what I saw in the dream. Eight years ago. And he says this. He went on to say, so what, what I need to do is to set up a group of intercessors that are going to be praying for you uh, every, every midnight. And they're going to be praying and interceding and pleading for your life. I said, brother, don't stress people out. Let them sleep. He said, how come? I said, because your dream is not in line with the promises of God, and I choose to go with the promises of God. I told him, I said, I'll go with Psalm 91. Psalm 91 says, with long life will God satisfy me, and will he show me his salvation. And so that's what I stand in the gap for. That's what I'm expectant of. That's what I stand in the gap to receive. And he said, well, I don't know. Let's see what happens. Now, we've been looking and trying to see what happens. It's been eight years now. <laughs> we didn't set up nothing. 
Now, I'm not saying there's not going to be some place where you need to pray and rebuke some stuff. I'm just saying sometimes these things can be used as manipulation tools, and it just rubs me, you know, the wrong way. Amen. And so everybody is supposed to be praying for everybody. That's what we are encouraged to do in Scripture. In fact, the Apostle Paul encourages the church to pray for him. As a leader, he says, pray for me that a door may be opened for me to preach the gospel. Amen? Amen. And the second thing we see is uh, there's no scriptural precedence for uh, sending, you know, intercessors ahead of uh, you as a minister of the gospel before you come into a city to preach. Because after all, you know, this word, the word of God is not that powerful. It needs us to come and break the ground. Hallelujah. And then when you come with this, you know, weak word, at least the ground has been broken. No, the word of God is powerful. Have you read the Bible? He says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing asunder or separating the spirit and the soul, the bone and the marrow, it is the descent of the thoughts and the intents of man's heart. It says the word of God is powerful. Amen. Psalm 119 verse 130 says the penetration, the entrance, forceful entrance of his word, it brings light. Amen. Amen. And so, we don't see, in fact, when Jesus uh, would send his disciples ahead of him, he did that for marketing purposes, just so they can gather people around. Amen? And so what we're doing is just getting rid of all of that so that we can look at really how you can intercede or stand in the gap and really see your prayers come into manifestation. The first way to do it practically, someone say practically. That's all I'm looking for. I'm looking for something that works. I'm not looking for something that's mystic and mysterious. I'm looking for something that works, something, a spanner that, you know, I can use to get some fruit and results uh, in my life. And so God gives you uh, these answers in spiritual format. We have to bring them into manifestation through the channel of our heart. And how do we do that? We do that, number one, by praying continuously. If you're taking down notes, write this down. You pray continuously. And notice I did not say you ask continuously because there's a difference. Did you see that? God gives you instantly, and so that means you don't have to ask him again. But you can intercede, you can pray continuously about the matter. Let's say, you know, the thing you were praying for includes other people. Uh, uh, we, we, we realize through reading scripture that God uses people, and so does the devil. You know, God influences people in the positive so that they can do good. The devil influences people in the negative so that they can do evil. This is why we don't wrestle against people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against the influence that's behind what they're doing. And so because of that, between the time of receiving your answered prayer, God has given it to you, and the time of manifestation, the devil will try and throw the spanner in the works by influencing people. And so what do you do? You intercede and pray for those people. I remember, you know, my wife and I, we were trying to buy this property, right, many, many years ago, 10 probably years ago, and so we went and we saw the property, we put in an uh, uh, offer to purchase, and after we did that, everything just stalled. It was like, you know, no movement, right? But we knew that there were several, you know, stakeholders involved in it, the person who's selling, right, the seller, the real estate uh, agent, the uh, lawyers that are involved, the bank is involved in it, so many different people that are involved in it. Uh, God had given us the property. We knew in our hearts this is our property, right? But there were other things involved in there, other people that could watch this now, be positively influenced by God or be negatively influenced by the devil. And so in intercession, what did I do? I spent time praying for them that they may lean towards the positive influence of the Holy Ghost so that they can act in our favor so that we can get the best deal for the right price. And so that's what intercession is for. When your prayers seem unanswered, you pray for all the parties involved. Some of you, your CV is there, but it's just, it's just on their desk. Some of you, your offer letter has already been written. They just, they just, they just you know, <laughs> dragging their feet to press. Oh, and they might forget. Yeah. <laughs> and so what do you do? You pray for them. 
you intercede. Amen? amen. Can I get an amen? Jesus did it. Luke chapter number 22, verse 31. Jesus prayed for someone. The Lord said to Peter, right? Uh, Luke 22, verse 31 to 32 in the NKJV. He says this. He says, uh, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. In other words, Satan is trying to influence you, uh, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. In other words, I've stood in the gap. I've interceded for you. I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. And so we can pray for people. Not to try and manipulate their behavior, but to get them to be influenced by the Holy Spirit for the answered prayer to come into manifestation. Did you hear what I said? And so, NB. Someone say NB. What does that mean, NB? Not what? Not a... Okay, please note. Very important. Please note, NB. This is the NB. Don't use this in dating and relationships. That's the NB. <laughs> Moving right along. You can't stand in the gap for brother so-and-so. I said answered prayer. I didn't say people. I just got to say it. We're a young church. I got to, you know, make sure everybody acts right. <laughs> the second thing you do when you're interceding, we say, number one, you pray continuously, right? But you're not asking again and again and again. That's the prayer of petition. You go check it out. It will show you how you ask. But you are interceding. You are praying for different people that are involved in the, in the deal, in the, in the thing that God is trying to you know, do in your life so that they can be positively influenced. Number two, number two is this. What do you do during that period of intercession? If you're writing down notes, write this down. You stand in faith. You stand in faith. Having done all to stand, what should you do? You stand there. Sometimes you're, you're between you, where you are and your, the manifestation of your answered prayer is just a standing co uh, contest. Whoever can stand the longest. I mean, it's a strong principle that you must consider, especially considering that we are the microwave generation. We don't stand too long for nothing. You want a hot meal, you usually stand for about two minutes. At least the ancient people knew how to stand. If they wanted a hot meal, they would at least have to wait three hours. Light a fire, make sure it catches, go and find the pot and put it in there, put the food in. It, so they were trained in standing. Our generation don't stand that long. Think about Abraham. He gets told by God at 75 years old, I've made you the father of many nations. In other words, this is an answered prayer given it to you. He didn't say, I'm trying to make you a father of many nations. He said, I've made you, past tense, a father of many nations. In other words, I've already granted you this request. But it takes 25 years of standing in faith. And so what do you do when you stand in faith? You stand in believing that what God has said is faithful to bring it to pass. Amen? Amen? The Bible says in uh, Romans 4, if you go and check it out, verse 17 onwards, it says Abraham was fully persuaded of one thing, that he who had promised was also faithful to bring it to pass. And so when you stand, you just don't stand with no foundation. You stand on the foundation of God's word. And that's why we call this uh, point, stand in faith. How does faith come? By Hearing and hearing by the word. In other words, you're standing on the word of God. Yes. That's your foundation. Amen. Let's go to James. James chapter number one. Is this helping you? Yes. Man, you stand in faith. And, and I'm talking about bulldog stubborn faith. Yes. That says, I know God has already made me the father of many nations and that's what I've received and it's going to come to pass. Regardless of what the circumstances say. I mean, Abraham was so stubborn, he actually went to home affairs, changed his name. <laughs> From Abraham, Abram, right? To Abraham, father of many nations. He was that stubborn. Can you imagine the conversation with the, 
with the lady, the person, the man at the home affairs. What are you here for? I'm here for a name change. What's your name right now? My name is Abram. What do you want to change it to? Abraham. What does that mean? Father of many nations. Oh, you must have a lot of many, you must have a lot of children. What do you say in that moment? Oh no. Oh no, it's just this thing that they say we must do at church. What do you do in that moment? Someone else said, oh no, they are coming. No, wrong answer. Yes, I am a father of many nations. Because spiritually speaking, that's the truth. That's the reality. Amen? Yes, I am the prosper of God. Yes, I am the yield of the Lord. Not, you know, my prosperity is coming. Wrong answer. Can I get an amen? amen? And so watch what he says in James. James chapter number one from verse six to eight. He's talking about how we should ask, right? And what happens after that. He says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. In other words, this kind of person uh, James is describing is someone who's double-minded. You know, they... they Today they believe, tomorrow they doubt, the next day they believe, the other day they doubt, next week they will believe, they'll start the week believing, then they'll doubt. So they are in between two realities. And this is what he says. He says, but when we ask, we shouldn't be like that guy. We shouldn't be a guy in between two realities. We should be a guy who stands on the reality of God's word. Even when it does not make sense to the natural. Think about it. Abraham is about, he's approaching 100 years old. His wife is 75, never had a child. She actually had a certificate from the doctors that said she was barren. But thank God, she did, Abraham and Sarah do not go with that reality. Some of you have actually got a, a, a certificate from the bank that say you're broke. It's called your bank account. <laughs> you don't need to look further. Just, just open your, the app and it will start preaching to you. <laughs> but here's the question I have for you. Which reality is more real to you? The bank account or the, 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 the word of God? The promise from God's word? Which reality are you going to go with? He says he knew. His body was old. He knew that. And Sarah was barren. He knew that in the natural, there was no hope. But he believed in hope beyond hope. Why? Because he chose to go with God's word. Yes. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. He says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in how many? And so this, this principle will affect all of your life. And so this is one of the verses that, you know, after I read it, the Lord said to me, the Holy Spirit, I was reading this Bible verse, the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, it, he read it backwards. It also makes sense. So I read it from 6, 7, 8, and he said, now read it backwards from 8, 7, 6. And this is what it read like. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, for let not that man think that he shall receive, that's the big word there, receive anything of the Lord. Notice he didn't say a double-minded man is unstable in his ways. Let not, man, let not that man think that God will give him his answer. No, God's giver is not broken. God will answer when you pray in faith. He says, let that man not think that he will receive. So the problem is not with God's giver. The problem is with our receiver. And how you fix your receiver is you stop it from being double, double, double crossing. Can I get an amen? amen. Are y'all getting this? He says that man, his heart can't receive. It's been given, but he can't receive it. Because it's in between two realities. And the kingdom of God functions by faith. Amen? 
He then says, but let him ask in faith. This is the solution. Verse 6, let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering for he that waves is like a seed driven with the wind uh, tossed to and fro. When we, man, you want to function in this kind of faith, do not be moved by what you see on the outside. Jesus wasn't moved by what he saw on the outside. If you go to Mark chapter number 11, you know, Jesus is uh, passing through Bethany to go to Jerusalem, and he came to a fig tree, right? You remember the story, Mark 11, and he saw that the fig tree was not fruitful, and Jesus proceeded to curse the fig tree. That's what the Bible says. He spoke to the fig tree, and he told it to dry up from the root, and he told it to die. And what was interesting was, at the moment Jesus walked away from the tree, it was still green and plush. But Jesus knew how to stand in faith. Once you've released your faith, don't call it back by doubting it or speaking another, you know, contradicting reality. After Jesus said his words, he walked away and went to uh, Jerusalem. And on the morrow, the next day, Jesus saw that the fig tree and his disciples, it says the disciples, saw that the fig tree was dried up from the roots. So it took 24 hours for them to see the manifestation of what Jesus had spoken the day before. But thank God, Jesus didn't stand there and go with what it looked like on the outside. He knew that even though it may look like nothing has happened on the outside, but because he has spoken by faith, that reality will come to pass eventually. So he stood by faith. He spoke to that thing and walked away. And when they came back the next day, the disciples were impressed. Man, they say, Master, look, the tree that you cursed dried up from the roots. And he thought that he was going to, you know, they thought that he was going to receive that, you know, uh, uh, his praise and, you know, just kind of, you know, uh, 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 give himself a pat on the back. Yeah, because I'm Jesus. No, he didn't say that. Jesus turned it around and he says, have the God kind of faith. He pointed at him and say, have the God kind of faith. And he proceeded to say, if you would say to this mountain. Now think about it. Jesus had spoken to one tree. He turns around and he says, you have the power to even operate at a higher level. You can speak to a mountain with multiple trees. He says, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall believe in your heart. That those things you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. That's in Mark eleven twenty three. Amen? Amen. And so Jesus is telling us, hey, the same way I functioned on this tree is the same way you can function with the mountains in your life, the problems in your life. And how did Jesus function with the fig tree? He spoke and he walked away. Nothing had changed in the natural, but he stood in faith. And so if the, if the disciples had decided, hey, we're going to practice this thing, speak to the mountains, and nothing had happened to the mountains, what do you think they should do? Walk away, standing in faith. And expect to come back the next day and see the mountain disappeared. If it doesn't disappear the next day, we don't do anything. We walk away again. When we come back the third day, what are we expecting? In other words, you have a, an expectation that's alive and constant all of the days of your life for what you have said to come to pass. Amen? Let's wrap it up with this. Let's go to Mark chapter number 8. Is this helping you? Someone shout, I'm a faith man. I'm a faith woman. That's what you are. All you have to do is stand on that truth. Amen? Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a thinking. You can write that down. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a thinking. I used to think that faith was a feeling. You know, young, growing up in the church, I thought that faith was some euphoric, you know, feeling that gets on you. You know, you're in church, you're just busy minding your business, and then faith comes on you. Faith is here. And you start doing things by faith. You're touching things, and, and then faith is lifted off. No, no, no. Faith is a thinking. That's why he says a double-minded man. What faith is, is to be single in our thinking. A single-minded man is a faith man. 
This is why Jesus said if, if, the, if, if your light, if your eye be single, he's talking about your mind. If your eye be single, if your mind be single, then your entire body shall be filled with light. You shall function in faith. Faith is singleness of mind. It is not two realities acting at the, at the same time. It is one reality. Amen? And so the third and final point that we're going to make, what you, sh- what you should be doing, standing in the gap or in the, in the prayer of intercession, you stand in faith, you pray continuously for all the different things, parties involved. You know, while you're praying for those people, you rebuke, you, the Holy Spirit shows you stuff, you rebuke, you speak against it. You and I have been given the authority by Jesus to rebuke stuff. To if, if, if it was us in the Old Testament, Daniel chapter number 10, we could have rebuked the Prince of Persia. He has given us that power. Amen. The third and final one is this. Stay in an environment of faith. Amen. Write that down. Very important. Stay in an environment of faith. Let's go to Mark chapter number 8, and I'm reading from verse 22. It says, they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him or to heal him, right? He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. Did you see that? So people brought this blind man to Jesus. The first thing Jesus does before he does anything else is he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. He's not just looking to take a walk on the countryside where there's a better view. No, 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 no. This is a Bible principle. It says, when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, don't even go into the village. Two things I want to draw your attention to is the first thing before Jesus prayed for the man, he led him outside that village. And the second thing I want to draw your attention to is how Jesus concluded this, uh, 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 you know, adventure. He, he says, don't even, don't even go into the village. You, you got it? You got it there at the back? Don't even go into that. Do you see that? I mean, there's a difference between don't go into the village and don't even Don't, don't even means don't even think about it. <laughs> right? Now, I mean, for Jesus, this may sound a little insensitive. Because the blind man could have said, hey, dude, I already have a paid off house in that village. What are you talking about? Don't even go. This is where I grew up. This is where all my friends are. But Jesus is making a point. You received this by faith. You better stay in, a, in an environment that will sustain it, and that's an environment of faith. Why? Because something else was going on in Bethsaida. It says in Luke 10, verse 13, about Bethsaida, it was an interesting place. It says, Woe unto thee, Chorazim, and woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they would have while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. So the people in Bethsaida were known for hard hearts. They were known for their unbelief and doubt. And so this is why Jesus, before he prays for the dude, he takes them out of an environment of, of unbelief and doubt, right? And he puts them in an environment that's neutral. I mean, going to the countryside is really not the environment of faith. It's just all you need sometimes is just an environment that's neutral. And not an environment that's filled up with so much negativity. I call it the law of association. You know, and this is what it is. The law of association is that every time we interact with people, that we are either influencing them or they are influencing us. There is no neutral thing. Whenever you hang out with people... Their belief system, their uh, 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 you know prejudices, if they have any, the, their uh, uh, culture, all these different things, they, they're transferring them to you. This is why scripture says, he who walks with the wise shall himself become wise. So you've got to be careful about the environment that you pick. This is why during intercession, you have to stay in an environment of faith. Amen. If you are around people that are always saying, I can't, it's impossible, their belief systems are going to get on you. 
and you're going to start believing like them. And so this is why Jesus said to the, to the man, they've known you as blind. You go back into that village, they're going to talk you out of seeing back to blindness. Hallelujah. And so sometimes when we get around people in, in, in trying to be socially, politically correct, we, we expose our hearts into environments that are uh, full of doubt and unbelief. And we, we go to a bride, just as an example. You go to a bride, and you get to sit around with your mates, right? And you start talking, and they start saying, oh, man, these things are hard. And then you just nod, you just nod. You know what that nod is? That nod is, praise the Lord, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm touching and agreeing with that. That's what that nod is. And you go to work and they say, this company, you get with your mates, this company is going nowhere, hallelujah, praise the When you nod, <laughs> all you got to do is give a nod, hallelujah, praise the Lord, it, it's going nowhere. No one is getting promoted in this company. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, amen. No one is getting promoted in this company. And here's the problem that we have in the church is that we think that what we do Monday through Friday can be fixed by one hour, 45, I'm almost out of time, by one hour, 45 minutes on a Sunday morning. Man, you're living a lifestyle of doubt and unbelief. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, to impossibility, get yourself in. This is why I don't go to the club personally. It's not because there's a scripture that says don't go to the club. In fact, the Apostle Paul says all things are permissible under grace, but he goes on to say this, not all things are profitable or beneficial. In fact, let's read it. Some of you think it's not in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 6, 12, I think it is. You know, the guys at the back can help me if it's not the one. In fact, he says it in several places, I think two different places. 1 Corinthians 6.12. Let's read it in, in, uh, in the NIV, if you will. NIV. Yeah, there it is. Look, look at what he says. He says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is what? So I must look for the things that are beneficial. Those are the ones that I want to do. I must, not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by that donut. I can eat it if I want to. It's not a sin. Are you seeing that? You can do whatever you want. But what he's saying is, do not subject yourself to be under the control of it. I can do anything I want as long as I don't get addicted to the point where it now dictates the way I live my life. Amen? And so I was talking about the club. That's why I don't go to the club. It is because I know that, hey, I'm going to get into that environment, and it's a wrong environment, number one. Why? Because I'm outnumbered. <laughs> and spiritually, I'm not a spiritual giant like some of you. Some of you can go and walk out unhurt. I'm not that spiritually mature. So I stay away. You walk in there, the first thing you realize is you're outnumbered. The second thing they do is they're going to start with that, uh, their praise and worship. It's not to our God. And you may not want to because you're a church boy, you're a church girl, but you're going to see your, 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 your foot. Stomp your foot. Stomp. Oh, your head joins in. Oh, before you know it, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, Sister Sledge. Oh, Sister Sledge. <laughs> Sister Sledge. And they know what they're doing. They'll be talking behind you. She goes to church. <laughs> That's a church girl. <laughs> Gone wild. <laughs> what happened? The environment matters. Is that what Pastor Steve was preaching, right? He said we ought to be careful who we interact with. We ought to be careful who we spend time with. And, and this is for young people. When you go to university, some of you are going to be praying for you here. You go to university and some of you have seen grow up. Man, when you get to that school, it's going to be out of town. And it's going to be, you know, in a place of freedom. Hey, think about these things that I'm preaching to you this morning. When you pick your friends. Can I get an Amen. 
you know, pick godly friends. Pick friends that will encourage you in the faith. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. We're going to end with this. Did I say we're going to end? <laughs> okay, we're going to end with two more. Matthew 9. I'm just going to read this. No preaching. Matthew 9. I'm trusting and believing for that. Matthew 9, 23 to uh, 26. When Jesus entered the synagogue's leader's house, remember the story? Uh, Jesus uh, was called to go and um, heal this little girl. And uh, when he was on the way there, he was delayed by the woman with the issue of blood, right? He healed her, and there was a conversation there. And they came to him. They said, Master, don't worry about it. Uh, that young girl is dead. And Jesus said, she's not dead. I'm coming. I'm going to fix it. And this is what happened. When Jesus got there, he saw a noisy crowd and people playing pipes. Now, this is big because back in those days, people used to pay um, higher funeral services, right? But the funeral service would come with uh, what they call professional mourners so that your funeral is better than the guy next door. So what they would do is they would actually hire people to come and you know, perform and cry and, and play the pipe and, and so to make a scene, basically. And so they had already paid money to hire these people to come and mourn professional services to mourn. And then Jesus, when he walks in, verse 24, Jesus disregards all of this, that there are people who have already been paid money to, to do their work. Right? Perhaps they'd only been paid 50%. And they're now performing so that when at the end of the they send the invoice, they'll get their balance, no questions asked. The first thing Jesus does, verse 24, when he walks in, what's the first two words Jesus said? He said, what are you talking about, Jesus? Go away. We paid these people to do what they're doing. The first thing he does is to tell them, go away. Why? Because he's trying to create an environment of faith, not an environment of doubt and unbelief. Not a mixture. Even a mixture can't cut it. Go away. What is that? Yeah, in the NLT, it's a little stronger. Let's look at it. In the NLT, it's strong. What does it say? I mean, it sounds unkind, right? Now, I'm not saying you should go and tell your friends, get out, go away. But sometimes you may be the one who needs to just go away and stay away. Can I get an amen? Stop answering your phone and just, you know, get, go away. Just go away. Stop joining the doubt and unbelief conventions. Amen. Amen. Jesus says, get out. Then the, he told them, the girl is not dead. She's only asleep. But what did the crowd do? They laughed at him. So we have two different realities here. They're laughing because they know for sure you will never prosper. And you are saying, no, this is just a season that, I mean, things are going to come right. And, man, we're going to be thriving again. This business is going to take off and take over the world. You know how they respond, these people you try to hang out with? They're laughing at you. So why are you, why are you continuing to try and force yourself on them? You're hanging out with the wrong crowd. <laughs> Help them by releasing them. Verse 25. After the crowd had been put outside. After the one? The had been put outside. That's, that's the key, Karay. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in, took the girl. He wouldn't even do anything until the crowd had been put outside. Took the girl. Now, if Jesus, who is the Son of God, needed to create an environment of faith to see a manifestation of miracles, I'm telling you, we needed more than he needed it. Here we is, better known as R, hanging out with crazy people. Jesus said, go away. We are inviting them. Come here. And they're stifling our miracles. Because we don't think it matters. But it really does. And so what happened? Verse 26, uh, verse 25, he went in, took her by the hand. She got up. News of this spread throughout that region. Acts chapter number 9. The same thing happened. Uh, in Acts 9, verse 36, at Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, uh, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, 
the lady in the upper room, and since a leader was near Joppa, the disciples had heard Peter was there. They sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room, and all the widows stood by him doing what? Weeping, showing the tunics and the garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter, what did he do? What's the first thing Peter does? He not, not, not some of them. Put them all. Some of you may need to delete your entire phone book. <laughs> Ooh, you may need to start a friend. You need some friends from church. <laughs> I wonder where Peter learned that. That the first thing you do is to create an environment of faith. I wonder where Peter learned that. He learned it from the master. He watched his master, and I believe there are several instances Jesus had done it before. For Peter to learn that the first thing you do before you do anything else is to create an environment of what? Of faith. And how do you do that? You get rid of all the... Put them all out. After you put them all out... He then knelt down, prayed, and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. See, when you, when you create an environment of faith, your prayers become shorter. <laughs> the reason your prayers are long is because uh, the first half of the prayer, you're trying to convince the, the crowd. You're not praying to God, you're talking to the crowd. Do you know this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? This is the God of our Father. This God, this God can do wonders. Hallelujah, this God. No, you're not talking to God. You're, not, you're still talking to the crowd. But you could have cut that puppy short if you got rid of the crowd. Wow. Amen. Amen. And so Peter knew that. He said, hey, listen. And I'm not saying at the end of the service you need to be mean and start sending people messages, go away, get out. I'm not saying that. Amen. I'm not saying that. Because that's not how you deal with people. But I'm saying you, you need to go and evaluate your own life. Be around people that get excited when you share your dreams uh, with them. People that say, man, I know somebody who can help you. Let me connect you too so you can take it to the next. I believe in you. I'm cheering you. I'm cheering for you. I want to I see you go to the next level. Amen. Get around people like that. Get around faith people. Amen? Amen. And, and that's all I'm saying. And slowly you can win yourself. Well, at least for me, slowly I begin to win myself from, ah, no, this one, ah, I'm not available. You know, you don't have to be mean. The disciples were a little mean, you know, and Jesus was strong. <laughs> I believe if you really, really want to follow Jesus' footsteps, You can cut them off. Hallelujah. Kick them to the curb. <laughs> but I'm just saying, think about the, the people that you hang around with. Peter, after he did this, put them all out, turning to the body, prayed a two-word prayer. Tabitha, arise. And what happened? She opened her eyes, and your dream is so close to you. Remember, the spiritual realm is right here. It's so close to you. Your dream is right there with you. All you need to do is to intercede. Better known as praying continuously, right? Not asking continuously. Stay in the environment of faith. And after you've done all to stand, you can stand on your feet. Because I'm done preaching. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for we know that your heart for us is always good. Your heart for us is always to heal. Your heart for us is for us to prosper and do well and increase and grow in our lives and be successful. That is your heart for us. You say you have a plan to prosper us, a plan to give us a hope and a future. And so, Lord, I pray for these, your precious children. I pray, Father, that you may begin to steer them in the right direction, even uh, when it comes to their associations, even when it comes to uh, relationships and friends. Lord, I just thank you that you may give uh, these, your precious children, godly, uh, inspiring, positive, 
forward-looking, excitable friends that will cheer them on when they share their dreams. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you're giving them a boldness, you're giving them a strength on the inside and a sensitivity to the voice of the Holy Spirit to know exactly who they should be connected to and who they should not be connected to. I thank you, Father, that in the spare of the moment they will know uh, as they make uh, their decisions going on, uh, going about their lives, they will know in the spare of the moment who they need to continue in fellowship and relationship with and who they need to uh, stay away from. Lord, I thank you, Father, I thank you, Lord, for I know the path, once they get on this path, it's going to get brighter and brighter and brighter until the brightness of day. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for every answered prayer. I pray now for every heart that it is positioned to receive and bring them into manifestation. I thank you for their families. I thank you for their um, uh, marriages. I thank you for their children. Lord, I just thank you even for children that are, are praying uh, for university opportunities, uh, uh, children that are in matric, children that are one year from matric, they're figuring out their lives. Lord, I thank you, Father, that their miracle is here. Their miracle for scholarships, their miracle for the right university is here. And I pray it into manifestation in their lives in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that the big dreams that you have given them will not be limited. Not be limited by finances. They will not be limited by the color of their skin or where they're from, their background. But, Father, that all of that will have no effect and that the, the big effect will be their Jesus on the inside of them. And because of that, doors of opportunities will open. I thank you, Father. I thank you for the miracle of uh, childbearing and childbirth. I thank you, Father, for I know it is right here. And I thank you that it is being conceived in their hearts. I thank you, Father, that it is being uh, conceived and that it will manifest in their lives. Thank you, Lord, for businesses that are looking to go to the next level. I thank you, Father, that this miracle will become a reality as your children are positioned to receive it. We thank you, Father, and we give you all of the praise. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone shout amen. amen. Now you may be here and you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And you're saying, hey, Pastor T, I heard all, all that you preached. I heard all that you say. But all I want is to become a part of the family first. I want to become a part of uh, uh, the flock. I want to I I be a part of, of, of what Jesus is doing in the earth. And if that's you, we want to pray for you. And so we're going to ask you to lift your hand wherever you are. And we'll pray together. It's really simple. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died, and on the third day he was raised from the dead. You believe that as you confess it, you shall be saved. And so we want to pray for you, that prayer. And so if that's you, anybody watching online, hey, you can uh, uh, lift your hand wherever you are. You can type in the comment section and we'll be sure to uh, pray with you and pray for you. Going once, going twice and gone we're all saved we're all born again amen no hand praise the lord hallelujah thank you jesus if you still want to receive jesus this does not this door does not it doesn't ever close right it's always open you can come to the front at the end of the service and we have some leaders that uh, will be here to pray for you pray with you and uh, just uh, minister to you we also want to pray for anyone before we go if you have pain uh, and or sickness in your body we want to pray for you. We want to stand with you and see your healing manifest today. Amen. And so if that's you, we're going to ask you to uh, lift your hand wherever you are. And uh, we will pray for you. I see that hand. Praise the Lord. I see another hand over there and another hand over there. Praise God. I'm going to ask the believers to just turn around. If you see a hand next to you, just go lay your hands on them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. The Bible says believers shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Amen. 
And so as you lay your hands on them, make a point of contact, the power of God is flowing through you into their body, fixing every broken thing, every broken thing, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. We pray and release healing right now. Every broken thing is receiving the power of God right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for we know it is done. It is done in the name of Jesus. We pray. And someone said, Amen. Now someone shout, I received that. Amen. Now going on forward, you stand in your faith. You believe you've received and you're going to see the manifestation thereof. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by... We love you. God bless you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.